everyone. Thank you for joining me on my podcast tonight. It is Tuesday night, May 16th, and we're on the podcast. Saints, I'm so glad to be with you tonight. Before I say another word, let us breathe the word of prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you would cover us with your blood. We ask that you would break every interruption, interjection, or arrow being sent at this podcast. Myself, my loved ones, or the dear listeners, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you would not only bless us, that you would keep us, but that you would make your face to shine upon us and give us peace. And Father, we ask that you would be with us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen. Saints, give yourselves a hand clap. Are we getting a hand clap? We're getting a hand clap. All right, there we are. Yes, you've done a great thing today. Where two or three are gathered, he's always in the midst. And we know he's with us. So, saints. Oh, my, 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 my. I have a topic and a half for discussion tonight. Don't know how well it's going to sit with some people. But then again, Sanctuary Prayer Ministries in and of itself doesn't sit right with a lot of people. So, in, in, in that light, we'll proceed. Um, before we proceed, I want to make some just brief announcements. So, I already um, have been posting this podcast to um, YouTube and other platforms. And I know that um, that you guys are aware that I already have... Um, you know, by doing the podcast that I already am a, a, a life coach, but I and that I'm also a Christian counselor. But I also have other things that um, that I've been trained to do other types of coaching, other types of counseling things I want to share. And they're all not necessarily um, Christian. I mean, obviously, they're going to always come from a Christian perspective, because that's me. I don't do anything without giving glory to God, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel over here. But um, the topic is not going to be like sharing or praying or, you know, Bible reading, which I want to do for, for you know, at least 15 minutes a day. Just do scriptures and things like that, and I'd like to be more active on that. But this particular podcast... Um, I'm expecting it to be a video um, in video format and I'm looking into that and, and how to go about doing that. But um, there are definitely going to be some courses. Uh, I know that um, I'd mentioned that I was looking into making sure that we got the um, parenting classes that could be done online that offered the certificate of completion um, for people who need that um, as well as the, parenting coaching, um, the parent uh, reunification coaching. Um, I want to get into some coaching for people who are trained in the ABA, for RBT, for, you know, parents to help out parents who have children on the spectrum and with learning disabilities and things like that. So there's a lot that I want to do that I haven't started yet. But as I am now, um, 
I do have some other coaching things with training that I'm going to be doing, but I also have some other interests. So I want to start some additional videos and things um, just to kind of celebrate some of those interests and to share those with people. Um, just things about, you know, various things that I'm interested in. So look for those in the upcoming weeks. All right, well, Saints, that I don't have any other announcements, so let's just get right to it. All right, so Saints, wait, give me just a second here. All right, so what? Okay, so uh, <laughs> back to my topic there. So sorry about that, Saints. All right, so uh, tonight, like I said, I have a topic and a half, and I always have to give a backstory as to <laughs> why this particular topic. All right, so. I was um, just watching some debates or some preachers debate and they weren't debating women preachers at all. Um, that wasn't the issue. It was at the heart of some of the debates, but it wasn't the debate itself. You know, and I couldn't help but think to myself because I understand some of their concerns. I really do. Um, I do believe that if we're going to go by that word, go by that word, that means in the church. That means in the church <laughs> that he was speaking of. But either way, um, that that's really not my battle to fight because that's not my call. Um, so so I'm not I'm not throwing my 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 opinion into that fight. But I will say this. Uh, as a woman of God who is seeks to manifest in the areas that God has called me to in the ministry, I just couldn't help but be appalled by a couple of things. And I, I'm going to get to my topic, but I've got to give you the backstory first. So I was <laughs> I was appalled by this. I heard ministers go on and on for hours about how God does not agree with women preachers. And, you know, I'm, I'm never one to argue something you can show me in writing. I may argue your interpretation. And because I've found that sometimes people interpret things a lot wider than the Bible did. But I won't argue the word. My concern is, as a ministry that's designed for people who have endured child abuse, spousal abuse, both male and female, ritual abuse, abuses of all kinds, having been a survivor of these things myself, I couldn't help but think, you're this worked up. About a woman preaching. But you're not moved. These people who are silently being tortured in church. These We have children being initiated in church. Being abused in church. And I just am a little. And, 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 okay if you don't. Maybe you don't know about that. But you're not as outraged about abortion. Which is also an attack against people who can't fight back. And it confuses me. I'll be honest. I am baffled to see people waste two to three hours debating whether or not a woman should say something in the church. And, and dare I not say that that has absolutely nothing to do with these ritual abuses that were happening way back when. Um, one day as I study more, we'll talk about Mithraism and how these things had already been going on. Before you blame the women preaching. Um, but it's like where are our priorities church? 
Where, where are our priorities? I truly feel, now this is just my feeling, you don't have to listen to a woman that's preaching. You don't have to listen. If she has a, got a church and you don't agree with women preaching, don't go to her church. There's too many. There, the, I'm going to just quote Jesus. Jesus said, the harvest is plenteous, but there are few laborers. And if it hurts your sensibilities to think that because the laborers are few that Jesus might use women in the vineyard. Then, you know, my thing is, then no problem. There is so much to do that if you just ignored it and went on about your ministry. Just doing what you doing and delivering people from hell would keep you busy for a lifetime. There will never, there are two people that will always be needed in this world. That's a preacher and a doctor. If nobody else is ever needed in this world, a preacher and a doctor will always be needed. <laughs> those, are, those are two people in this world that have job security. You're never going to run out of people that need a preacher. Never. Never. No matter how debased a society gets, it is something in our DNA that's hardwired to look back to our creator when we don't know what else to do. That's why even atheists will say things like, oh, God, oh, my God, oh, Jesus. These are people who are stout opponents of Jesus Christ. But when the going gets tough, they will scream, oh, Jesus, in a minute because it's hardwired into our DNA. So if you if you have so much time to worry about that, to spend three or four hours debating whether tongues have ceased. I heard somebody sit and argue for an hour saying that there's no apostles anymore and that the fivefold ministry doesn't exist. The apostles don't exist. They went out with the with the Bible. There were no more prophets. You know, the, those gifts didn't exist anymore in the church. Um, don't really know where they got that from in the scripture, but, you know, it, hey, they got that's what they interpreted. So these debates, just looking at these things, and I thought. You have so much time. And some of these people have large followers. And I'm thinking, but you're sitting out there and sitting out in your audience. I can guarantee you the larger the number, the more the chance that there is somebody that's being ritually abused right there in your congregation. And week after week after week, month after month after month, you never address their pain. Because their pain is not as important whether a woman who... Did, who is not asking you for a dime has opened a church. If this woman is not right, then why don't you pray? Maybe she hasn't gotten her gift right together or not. You know, because that scripture, and I, I listen, I don't want to get into the debate about it, but last I checked, that's just for the church. That leaves a whole lot of ministry work to do. There's a whole lot of fivefold ministry to occupy other than a pastor and an apostle, which was, which is what seems to be at odds right now. So there's a lot to do, <laughs> a lot. If a woman just speaks to other women, that's enough. Because there's not everything a man can tell a woman, even if they do feel that way. And so, and there's not everything a woman better not try to tell a man because you never know. So, I, you know, I've told you my opinion on things. It's not easy to be a single parent. I don't know how people do it, but it's not my call. So I don't, I'm, for me, I have so much, so many things in me that have been waiting to manifest. 
and so many hurt hearts that I can close my eyes and literally see faces that have been tortured and tormented by the devil. I truly don't have time to sit and worry about whether or not somebody got married a second time or not. Listen, I know what you're going to say. That is the Bible. You're saying you're not worried about God. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there's only one unpardonable sin. And you rarely even hear churches preach on that. Because you know why most churches don't preach on the unpardonable sin? Because they don't know what it is. Not really. So it's easier to harp on these issues. If you're married to another wife, and if that's truly what you believe, then you don't believe that they that there's no repentance for it. If there's repentance for it, then you don't then spending two or three hours beating someone's oh, the same dead horse isn't gonna do it. Why don't you in your sermons you lay out a path of to get out of it, if that's what you feel, and let's move on to the next thing. As for the unpardonable sin, this that is blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And people who are in the witchcraft field and who use evil technologies, they pretend to be the Holy Ghost, tell people to kill themselves, get in someone's mind talking. You know, spirits are already damned to hell. So they don't mind pretending to be the Holy Ghost and saying that, they oh, kill yourself. You know, Jesus said when they called the Holy Spirit, they used the word about the Holy Spirit and called Jesus Beelzebub. And he said... You can be forgiven a lot of things, but you won't be forgiven for blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Blasphemy. And, I, and then we're going to, I know I'm off topic right now. We're going to deal with this blasphemy. Then I'm going to get to, because actually I'm not at my topic. I'm giving the back, the back, uh, back story. If we look up the definition of blasphemy, it's the act or offense of speaking sacrilegiously about God or sacred things. So that means saying God said something he didn't say. Pretending to be God and speaking, especially when it comes to things that would damn someone else to hell. Um, the GD, that, that's one quick way to do it. You know, all of those things are rarely ever taught in church. So anyway, I, I, I digress. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll save that for another day. We're going to talk about lying on the Holy Ghost. That was punishable. Lying to the Holy Ghost. Lying on the Holy Ghost impersonating the Holy Ghost, which is blaspheming the Holy Ghost, and a lot of other things on another time. I, I, but I'm, I'm getting way off of my point. So, needless to say, I was very, 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 um, just, I wasn't happy to see that. Even if the, the, the word was right, I, it just, you know, so anyway. But this, is, this illustrates my point. If you don't like something, I beat that dead horse, now I've let it go. Do it on the platform I have and go on about my business. That's really just all I can do. You know, to sit and, and chew over someone else's message doesn't make any sense. So, you know, that that's the backstory. But when I was sitting and I was look, listening to that, I thought to myself, you know, I was listening to some of the men talking. Some of the men were saying how they have like four or five wives and. They were cursing and swearing, and I saw a lot of, like, narcissistic, and these were pastors, narcissistic traits. And I thought to myself, what kind of woman that's a Christian woman wants to be with a man that behaves like this? And I thought about it, and I said, you know what? Hmm. I recognize that spirit, and this is a spirit that is really, it attacks a lot of people. 
but it is particularly vicious on Christian women. Women who have dedicated their lives to holiness. And it's a weapon used by the kingdom of darkness in all areas. And it's the weapon of loneliness. So I know you say, well, what in the world does all these debates have to do with that? Well, anyway, I was very unhappy with the debates. And I, I didn't like that. I didn't like what I was seeing. But within all of those debates and how I ended up watching the debates was I saw some things and some behaviors and some claims. And I thought to myself, wow. There are some women, and this I can speak to myself, who the Bible calls silly women. So let's talk about these silly women. And we're going to talk about it a little bit further. And I'm going to apologize for getting so far off of um, track there because I really did. It was just a lot. Um, But I really, I do need to get this across. So even if it seems a little disjointed, please forgive me. Um... I should have, I I got too deep into it, uh, into the introduction, and I should have given a little less introduction there and just gotten right to it. So let's get to it. Now, the Bible uses the term silly women. So what we're going to do, let's turn to some scriptures here and see what the Bible's talking about for us ladies tonight. Okay, so let's start. We're going to turn to 2 Timothy 3 and 6. And um, in this case, because this is such a serious topic, I mean, they're all usually serious, but I'm going to read several, um, (coughs) excuse me, several versions because I really want to get the point across. I'm going to start with King James. So King James says, and this is 2 Timothy 3 and 6. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, led away with diverse lust. Okay. But now let's go and read what NIV has to say about it because this time the NIV is really a little clearer. It said they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sin and are swayed by all kind of evil desires. So. If we look into this. Now. Let's let's look at this. And, and let's see this from a good perspective. To understand what he's, what he's saying here. Women. Who are in the church. Know that that. Dating is not, going online, going out and finding men is a recipe for disaster. So a lot of women sit in church and they literally wait for Boaz. And being on that, on both sides of that and seeing it's not a great feeling. um, To be lonely and have a spirit of loneliness tormenting you so that when you see couples enter the church... You don't begin to feel jealous. You just get depressed. Um, And that kind of depression often makes a woman look before she leaves. Especially if you have a pastor or uh, leaders who occupy with cultish mentalities and they have a tendency to match make. So I'm not going to really get into that too much and say a lot about that. But this is the thing that I do want to say on that. 
The reason why you're called there, he's calling them silly and gullible, is because they don't necessarily check the content of the character of the man that they involve themselves with because they just want to be a Mrs. Somebody. And when they get into the marriage, now they, the same way they were miserable and lonely to be married. Now they're in the marriage, miserable and lonely to be single again because they realize that they've been duped. And some of these men, you wonder how a man that talks very horrible, and I'm not naming it, listen, I don't do that. But I will say, you know, behaves badly. And ha maybe even has a few wives under his belt. And you wonder to yourself, how in the world, what kind of women were these that would marry somebody that carries on that way? But you have to think about it as Paul did when he, when he wrote this to Timothy. I'm going to read you from the Amplified Bible. For among them are those who worm their way into homes and captivate morally weak and spiritually dwarfed women weighed down by the burden of their sins, easily swayed by various impulses. So I want you to get a picture of what's happening here. These women are seeing couples all over TV. Lord Jesus, help these women if they're still listening to R&B or country music. Because that those spirits is full of spirits like that. And they're being captivated. They're being weighed down. To be pushed down is to be depressed. Now, when a person is weak, these type of individuals can come to you and offer you an out and to end the suffering of caused by the spirit called loneliness is actual spirit that comes in you know and tries to keep a person lonely they will pick something that will literally take them out of the frying pan into the fire now this is important for my ladies especially if you are an abuse survivor because if you've read my, any of my books, uh, especially um, Take Your Life Back from Familiar Spirits, what you'll note is that there is a spirit and the spirit on an abused person or in an abused person usually follows the abused person. Now, an abuser also, also well, they have to have a spirit and it's 99.99% .99 of the time it's witchcraft. But the person who's being abused always also has a spirit and this spirit will follow this person into every relationship which is why no matter what they do they'll always be involved with the same person this, this person may never have hit a woman before but when they get with this individual they will become violent because the spirit that's on this person transfers and a lot of times these are what they call spirit husbands and these spirit husbands are the reason why some of these women are single to begin with and so they will create loneliness if they've already got someone that's in the occult or that's just bad, evil, um, covered in witchcraft because familiar spirits and witchcraft are peanut butter and jelly. And they want to introduce this individual in the house to further open up doors and to fragment the soul further by trauma. And the way that they do this is by introducing bad people into your life. So they will literally, I have heard stories of people being made to look unattractive to normal men. And men look at a woman and they see a man. They look at him and they see like an animal. And then the, the, these 
bad witchcraft infested men who do these abusive tactics will see the woman as she is because this familiar spirit is busy manipulating manipulating behind the scenes making sure that the the person that they want to enter that life that will fragment that soul to give them a greater control is there because if you remember we discussed that the number one job of that spirit once it gains entrance into that life is not only maintain entrance but to create an opening for further demonization so that it secures its place in home in that particular body so for a, a familiar spirit it is not advantageous for a familiar spirit for you to find a strong man that may potentially cast him out that will put love and, and treat love to help heal those wounds because they want the wounds there. That's how they keep their control. So they will intentionally try to run away good men. That's why I would always advise from my own experience and from that of others that if you're leaving an abusive relationship. You need to do more than detox. You you don't you don't until you do the work. There it's not fair that you were abused and then you have to do some work. But you owe it to yourself as the captain of your ship that if something is broken, whether it's broken by an evil person or it's broken by you, it to have it repaired. You need to go before God and do that prayer work and do that fasting and get those demons cast out. You need to get into that Bible and get built up in your word. You need to be able to begin to develop yourself and get the full deliverance, which is healing and deliverance. Heal up the things that made you insecure to begin with. If you're dealing with PTSD, you are literally walking around, as I heard someone tell me, once you're bleeding in the water. And the only thing that you're going to attract by doing that are sharks. And so, if you're wondering why they call it trauma bonding. So, if we look at this from a purely psychological point, trauma bonding is when you attract a certain type after you know let me let me let me make sure I explain this to you right so I'm you know I like to do definitions trauma bonding the definition of trauma bonding is a, when a person's involved in a highly toxic or um, abusive relationship and it's it basically so you get into this relationship you bond with this person trauma bonding literally will cause you then to become attracted to that same type of person again this trauma bonding is created by familiar spirits quote unquote are also known as spirit husbands so if you don't do the work and you get back into another relationship you know we if you've dealt with a person that has narcissistic personality disorder, particularly sociopaths and psychopaths, they always love bum you at first. And if you're if you're coming from a, a broken place, you're going to crave that love bombing. But that love bombing is just situating you for further abuse. And it's always worse. Because these people have that demonic they have they have aligned themselves with demons. 
So they and you know it's a quite they're they're serpentine in a lot of ways. They can see you coming. They see your insecurities. They can see the pain that you're holding in your heart. I heard I was reading something and one lady said, "I wonder why so many psychopaths and sociopaths choose single moms." Well, they can see your pain. They see the insecurity that you have. A lot of times they see what you're going through trying to raise a child by yourself. So you won't necessarily have time to really read those red flags that a single woman will see and go the other way. You know, especially if this person behaves well enough to get into the life of your child. Now, most women, especially that I know, they don't want to bring a lot of people around their kids. So what they do is the worst thing you can do, which is ignore red flags. Now, I'm saying this because from a purely biblical standpoint, these individuals operate with the spirit of loneliness. And the spirit of loneliness is introduced by these spirit husbands. And they'll do things like let you see couples, you know, maybe create financial hardship so that you'll feel like, wow, if I had a husband to help pay bills or if I had a wife, someone to help me, I wouldn't have these hard times or create some discrepancy with the kids. And, you know, you're a single mom and they'll continually be in your face saying how you need a, a father for those boys. And so now you are open to receiving these what Second Timothy call the these types who enter into the houses of women's worm their way into I, I didn't make the scripture up this is what it says it says the Holmes Christian version says that these these type that I'm talking about and I use the term for men but it can be women too um a lot of times it's it's easier for it to be with be men just because of the way that women are built but there are plenty of women who behave in this manner also but the by the but the Christian standard version says and the Holmes Christian standard version says for among them are those who worm their way that means that they look for those openings and they slide in now once they enter in the Bible says that they don't enter in to help you they don't enter in to build you up they don't enter in to give you companionship they don't enter in to give you love they enter in to capture you just like a demon they want to possess you take from your life so if you think that sociopathy is not in the bible think again these people, find, they are looking for women who are already depressed. They are already depressed. They're already stressed. They're already not doing the work on themselves. And they want to find someone who is busy being tormented so that they can enter in as a pseudo-savior. When Jesus is our savior, but reveal themselves just like Satan did in the garden to be the enemy. Now, if, let's go to Luke 5 and um, actually before we go to Luke, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3 and 2. Now, 
this scripture says, pray, pray, and let me go to King James first. King James, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Go back to NIV and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. Now we're going to go to the Amplified and pray that we'll be rescued from perverse and evil men, for not everyone has faith. Now, keep in mind that these people were people who were supposed to be in the church. And right now, you know, some of these people, and that's why I'm going to make sure I put a note to skip past like the first 18 minutes. Because I really was on a rant there. But, you know, some of these people are sitting in the church. And these people are unreasonable. You want to talk about some wicked and unreasonable men from the Bible? We're going to talk about the spirit of Antichrist, which is Pharaoh and, and Herod spirits. We're going to talk about the spirit of Jezebel, um, the Astra spirit, that goddess, um, priestess of witch, mistress of witchcraft spirit. You're going to talk about Haman and Jezebel. You're going to talk about the spirit of the narcissist. And by narcissist, I mean narcissist like... Um, Saul and Ahab and Delilah you know when we start to talk about these people in the Bible one thing that we have to keep in mind that there are people who are just completely unreasonable where your matter is concerned it is not reasonable for someone to enter your life with the purpose of causing you harm and then because you end things with them Determined to destroy your life and even end your life if necessary. Very unreasonable. Yet for people who occup who operate with those, uh, as you've heard me say many times. <laughs> so it, this is just a repeat. But they operate out of the, the that mindset of uh, of the, the the narcissistic personality mindset of being that you know mindset of a person who really on one hand they know to do right but have determined that they're you know there's nothing wrong with them doing wrong you know people with the paradoxical thinking you know on one hand I can tell you that doing something is wrong at the same time I'll do that same thing in a different setting and think that there's nothing wrong with it so you know, especially people that operate in that Antichrist and Jezebel status of the psychopathy are really, really um, keen to behave like this. And they can be very unreasonable. You know, it, it's not reasonable for Haman to feel like because Mordecai didn't bow down to him. Not all the Jews. Just one Jew didn't bow down to him that everybody should die. He thought it scorned that he would kill all the Jews. And was so determined to have it done that he used his own money. Now, you can imagine that a person like that would be greedy. So, when you reach the level that your length of um, obsession and unreasonableness would make you go to that extent just because someone didn't bow down to you. And ultimately... This individual took your position because of your unreasonableness. And I can assure you that Haman is in hell right now and he's still not repentant. This goes to show how a paradoxical thinking can be.
it becomes almost an obsession. You know, the character attacks and smear campaigns and flying monkeys and, you know, we have all these these triangulations and all of these terms that are, are put out there to describe the behaviors of people who think with the paradoxical mindset. And they don't see anything wrong in, with, in their behavior. They really don't care if there's anything wrong in their behavior. Because they feel like they're better. And so when you as a sister of God, and I'm, I'm definitely aiming this at sisters, that has survived tremendous pain from abuse, opens yourself up depressed and bruised and beaten and allows this sin to enter your life these types will always be around and so it's no wonder that people that do things like this often have wives maybe several and oftentimes they may be physically socially psychologically and financially abusive to the women who they have in their lives just because why not that is what they entered in to do. It is very, it's, it's called a supply. And these things, it's, it, this is, when you hear them speak of supply in psychology and, and they want to get a supply, this is all being, this is energy. You know, I, I, I would love to go over that Cindy Trim book, and I don't have it, I don't know the name of it, where she was going over how much, how many megahertz. Everything has a certain amount of megahertz. Your food does. These there's real energy that is really associated with this. And I don't like to use that because that's a new age term. And so I know, you know, you're kind of looking at me and I'm like, okay, sister, now listen, we're not going to do this new age stuff. I don't mean it to be new age. I'm speaking about purely God created body. We all have certain megahertz. People who operate in that literally feed on people. You know, this is the operation behind glory exchange. They they take things by get dealing and digging into this. And it may be better that you don't know too much about it. Only enough to know that as a person who is broken and who's hurt and who's bleeding in the water, you have to take that time and get before God. You need to take a long time. I can't tell you exactly how long to take, but I know less than anything, even one day less than a year is way too short. And sometimes that seems like a lot when you're on day two. But when you begin to see how, how deeply you, these soul ties run and the fact that people can actually have familiar spirits or spirit spouses that will marry each other. And keep you going back to this person. Keep you two in each other's sphere. So even if you don't see each other, you move to a town, he moves to a town. Now, sometimes if he's a stalker, he may be doing that. <laughs> or she moves to a town, you move to her. She's a stalker. Well, but if, if they're not a stalker, those spirits want to be together. To continue their work of killing, stealing, and destroying both of you. So they will keep you near each other even if you're toxic for each other. So you you can't, it, it doesn't need to happen overnight. Even if you cast out those spirit spouses, you still have to do the work so that the house is not swept and garnished. You have to do the work to heal those doors. 
The, the point is that when the demon comes back, he doesn't need to be able to get back in to say this is my house. He, he doesn't need to have that kind of access to you anymore. And so if you allow the spirit of loneliness to take you into those lonely places and you allow the spirit of loneliness to cause you to accept those things which aren't convenient for God because you feel like maybe God is moving too slow. You know, you're getting older. You want kids. You want a husband. You want to sit and, and be someone in the church. You just feel like, you know, you're tired of being in the church and all of the married women are treating you like you want to sleep with their husband. And, I mean, I believe me, I understand. But I can tell you this much. There are worse states of being. And unfortunately, there are plenty of married women and even some of their children who wish that their, the marriage never took place. So what I would tell you to do if you're in a single season, make sure that there's not some delivery work, that deliverance work that, that needs to be done. You know, if you're constantly getting, having bills and you're maybe having issues with jobs or you're having constant health issues, you know, people seem to be being repelled from you, you probably have a spirit husband. And this is an issue you don't want to take into a marriage because they have, they have been known. To be extremely violent and evil towards spouse. You know, and and if you just take your spouse off the table, they you don't want to carry that into your marriage because they will also do things to you. And then they will do things to your children. So now it's a time to, to prepare. And if you're really busy doing the work, doing that, you know, get get with your pastor. And do the pastoral counseling. You say, well, I don't have anything I need to talk about. Well, you know what? You, everyone has something. You know, if, you, if your pastor allows Christian counseling and you're, you know, are you feeling led to do it and it's something that your pastor is okay with, it depends on what kind of church you're in. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But find a Christian counselor or a Christian life coach. Let's talk about where you're stuck. So that you're not bleeding in the water. Because I can tell you from someone who has had my fair share of interactions and relationships with psychopaths, with sociopaths, and with people who are just narcissists. And this is relationships, relationships, but also just all sorts of types of interactions with people. You're always better off. Dealing with that, those things during that alone place, in that alone place during those seasons, then interacting with someone who absolutely will come into your life to destroy your life. So I, I know I rambled. Um, I'm going to make sure I put a note on this to really, you could just start it at uh, about 18 minutes in. So you missed some of the rambling, but it, it was a lot more about loneliness I wanted to say, but I kind of got off into some, some things. But I do hope it was a blessing for you. And I hope that you can see that the Bible is not mute on abuse. The Bible, if, if you can recognize them, God has seen them first. He knows who the serpent seed is, and he does not want that for your life. And these people may try to worm their way into your life, into your friendship. They worm their way into churches. They do this to feed. 
But it's up to you to make sure that in this matter you're sober. And you're the kind of person that has so taken time to do the work. That no matter what position you find yourself in, when those red flags come up, you deal with them. All right, saints. So, you know, let's say I ask if you have not received Jesus Christ, that you receive him today. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save my soul. I repent of my sins. I say goodbye to the devil. In Jesus' name we prayed. Amen. And so sanctuaryprayerministries.wordpress.com and, of course, zionwillingham.com. All right, till the next time, saints. Bye-bye.